Hello, I'm Sam Lichtenstein, Stratfor Director of Global Security Analysts at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Sign up for the free Worldview newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Welcome to the Stratfor Essential Geopolitics Podcast. From RAIN, I'm Emily Donahue. What about those vaccine passports? A number of countries, including in Europe, are looking to make mandatory vaccination proof necessary to travel. Here with some answers is Rebecca Keller. She's the Stratford Director of Analysis for RAIN. Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me. Happy to be here. So let's talk a little bit about these vaccine passports. Vaccine campaigns are hitting walls around the world, right? I mean, even in the United States, some states are at 70 to 90 percent and some are around 20 to 30 percent. If that's happening around the world, what do we think the potential is for countries to make vaccines mandatory? Right. As as many countries um, really ramp up and, and get traction underneath their vaccination campaigns, they're also hitting the wall of, of vaccine hesitancy. Um, that is people who are either skeptical or outright anti-vaccine in terms of taking taking the COVID vaccines, um, any of them, whether they be the new mRNA vaccines or more traditional vaccines from Johnson & Johnson or AstraZeneca. Um, so the question then comes up, you know, if, if you've got 60% of your population vaccinated eventually, um, it could be in the next couple of weeks for some countries, it could be by the end of the year for others. If, you, if you're getting close to what's been defined as the herd immunity target or six, 70 to 80%, where if 70 to 80% of the population is vaccinated, that will, you know, slow and eventually halt the spread of the widespread nature of COVID outbreaks. Um, but if you can't get there, if you're stuck at 60%, what do you do? So vaccine passports, I believe a couple of my colleagues or even myself in the past have talked about this, um, are really a way to incentivize vaccination to allow people to travel. But even if, if that's not working, if that's not universal or catching traction, there's a lot of questioning about can countries make vaccination compulsory? Will that action be necessary in order to really truly end the pandemic? And the answer is, is yes and no. I, th- I think vaccine hesitancy is something that's going to be extremely difficult to overcome. I think herd immunity is going to be incredibly difficult to reach for many, um, many countries, uh, the United States included uh, in that. But I also think that compulsory or mandatory vaccination requirements will be incredibly politically unpalatable, especially in the Western world. So I I don't see um, Western countries in the United States or even Europe really making it across the board required for vaccines. Now, what we will see, and this is where vaccine passports come in, you will see vaccination requirements for travel across borders, you will see vaccination requirements to do certain activities. I think I read a story um, somewhere in, in recent days, I can't, can't quite recall, but was saying that there was an uptick in vaccine appointments in France because the French government was re- going to require vaccines to enter cafes and, and to be, to, you know, to eat out. So 
making it sort of a, a necessity to do things that people want to do is a way to sort of get around that compulsory political unpalatable requirement. That being said, um, those kind of incentive programs still are going to be difficult to use to overcome hesitancy. Um, even in countries that have more of an autocratic government, we have a more strong hand central government, even in those countries, compulsory vaccination is going to be very, very hard to implement. Russia is a per perfect example of that in that the Kremlin was really looking to have mandatory vaccination without getting the political blowback from it. And so they had the different the different regional governments institute um, mandatory vaccinations or, or close to mandatory vaccinations. And those regional governments are now having trouble hitting those goals, either because of lack of compliance or lack of supply. So it seems like an easy solution to this vaccine hesitancy problem. It absolutely is not. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Rebecca, you mentioned the West, and the West has been leading on vaccination rates around the world. Now, how will the emergence of new variants such as the Delta and the Lambda change a country's approach to vaccinations? Yeah, I think I think the Delta and the Lambda variant are really sort of lighting a fire under the need to keep the momentum or increase the momentum behind vaccination campaigns. They're illustrating that this this virus has been prone to mutate the entire time we've known of it, and it will continue to mutate. And, and there's always that uncertainty and that danger that the next mutation could, you know, evade the current vaccines. It could be more deadly, you know. Or, you know, honestly, it could go in the opposite direction. We just don't know. That being said, it adds that urgency um, and it adds that uncertainty, but it, it still doesn't, um, it doesn't necessarily change the minds of the populace as, the, as you might think. So I think it, for, for policymakers and, and for, for people who are concerned, um, for, people with, uh, for people in countries with lower risk tolerance, we're going to see increased lockdowns as to to increase you know partial lockdowns to wait and get the vaccines up. You're going to see a lot more differentiation between country to country approach, and that will really illustrate the risk tolerance um, of the country. And and that that risk tolerance will also likely um, give us an indicator of how fast um, countries will come out of the pandemic and and continue to lift lockdown and restriction measures. Um, as they vaccinate or, or as, as time simply passes. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Rebecca, we in the United States have a vaccination requirement that varies from state to state, but is generally every person in the country is expected to get a basic round of vaccines. It's been harder to push the flu vaccine, which is an annual vaccine. Um, and of course, there are opt-outs for people for a number of reasons. But what are long-term vaccination requirements regarding COVID starting to look like? I think I think those long-term vaccination requirements are, are still relatively unknown, but I would not be surprised um, at all if booster shots are required um, on, a, on an ongoing basis. I think I think the takeaway from this pandemic is is there's not going to be a clear-cut ending. Um, especially with vaccine hesitancy and especially with with the continued variants, I think it's going to be a calculation of of, of risk tolerance. Um, and so in terms of that, I would certainly expect 
those that are vaccinated to expect boosters in the coming years. Um, in terms of requirements of vaccinations, I, I would think that we're going to see um, almost similar to the flu, I would guess. Um, that's just sort of a gut instinct on mine, my part of, of seeing, you know, the, the acceptance of COVID boosters down the line where it will be difficult to get to get the same kind of traction we have for say a polio vaccine or a measles and mumps vaccines those kind of vaccines that we get in early childhood that being said um once the covid vaccines are approved for children um which could be happening as soon um as the fall they're already approved um in that emergency authorization use for for 12 years old for, for, for certain vaccines. Once that, that age lowers to that school age population that's getting a round of vaccines earlier and earlier, I think we can probably expect um, you know greater uptick earlier on in the same pattern that we see the acceptance of other vaccines, that it'll be slow to come. It, it takes a while for parents to be comfortable giving children a new vaccine. But I think that's the eventual um, path that we're on, that, that COVID-19 or, or whatever subsequent variants are going to be part of life moving forward. It's just going to be a different set of, of expectations and, and risk calculations going along with it moving forward. And still left mostly up to the individual, it looks like. Yeah, in, in Western society and vaccinations, I still think there is it, it will fall in the greater pattern of the anti-vaccination movement, which is something that even before COVID, uh, Western countries were struggling with in terms of ensuring ample vaccination across populations. We were seeing an uptick in measles outbreaks, for instance, in the United States um, year to year on, on certain years because of falling vaccinations. I remember pertussis outbreaks as well. So yeah, I think the anti-vaccination movement will continue and that'll be lumped into that. Rebecca Keller is Director of Analysis for Stratfor's Geopolitical Analysis Team at RAIN. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. You can stay informed about the latest geopolitical events and developments with the Worldview newsletter from RAIN. It's full of graphics and analysis from our expert team of analysts. Sign up today at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.